Are you looking for freedom? Freedom from the daily grind and hustle? Or just finding a way to live the life you always wanted? Then join us on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Our host, Mike Ayala, will help you discover new ways to find freedom with tips, insights, and interviews. You'll learn the exact systems he's used to travel the world and live his best life. True success and happiness are all about freedom. And here's your roadmap on how to find freedom on your own terms. Welcome to the Investing for Freedom podcast. Here's your host, Mike Ayala. Thank you for joining me on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Today, I'm going to talk to you about a post that I put up a while back that created a little bit of controversy. Um, And what I said was, your boss will never pay you enough to be her neighbor. And, you know, I knew when I put that post up, uh, you know, there's like all these emotions that you go through just thinking about, okay, you know, that's a pretty bold statement. Um, I have employees, by the way, who I love and appreciate. And some of them have been working for me and with me um, in one way, shape or form for, you know, 10, 12, 15 years, some of them. Um, And, you know, so I'm, I'm cognizant about how that comes across. But the more that I thought about that, the more that I realized too that, you know, I'm constantly encouraging people that are around me to expand their way of thinking. And the reality is, um, you know, I, I would expect someone if they have the drive and the desire to be an entrepreneur at some point in time, I don't want them to stay with me anymore. If, if they've got, you know, higher dreams, bigger callings, but the reality is there's a lot of people um, who are not necessarily ever going to go and start their own business. And they might want to be a, you know, an entrepreneur in your organization. And, um, I had a, I had a mentor one time that brought up this comment and he said, you know, a lot of people that he talks to, uh, they're always, you know, basically these small business owners are always saying, well, what if I train my people or I invest all this time and money into their training and they leave me? And he said, well, what if you don't train them and they stay? And that stuck with me because the reality is um, not everybody's going to stay with us forever. And I'm of the school of thought. I hear people talk a lot and, and say this a lot. You know, don't hire someone who has a desire or a dream to start their own business. And I just, um, I get the thinking behind it. And for certain positions that may make a lot of sense. But my thinking is I would rather have someone who's driven, motivated, um, and I get one, two, three, maybe five years of their life and they gave me 110%, I would rather have that than someone that I'm constantly having to prod and push along. And I'm not saying that it has to be either or. There's obviously people out there who are never going to start their own business who are amazing employees and, and they put in the hours and they work their tails off for you. I have plenty of them. But I'm just saying it doesn't have to be either or. You can have people in your organization who are entrepreneurial, who want to be investors, who want to own their freedom. So back to the, the comment, your boss will never pay you enough to be her neighbor. I want to pose something to you. Um, it is nearly impossible to get wealthy solely by renting out your time. We don't think about this this way, but I really want to challenge your thinking here today. Um, when, when you have a W-2 job, which there's nothing wrong with, but I'm telling you right now, you are never, it's nearly impossible to get wealthy solely by renting out your time. And I would venture to say that most of you who are W-2 employees or even who are self-employed, high-paid doctors, lawyers, attorneys, um, you know, engineers, etc., where if you're not working, 
if you're not design, you're an architect and you're, if you're not designing blueprints or you're not, you know, billing out, uh, seeing patients at your practice, you're not making money, you're still renting out your time. And so this isn't just about W-2 employees. This is, you know, as Robert Kiyosaki says it, it's the employee quadrant, it's the self-employed quadrant, that's the left side. And then as we move over to the right side, it's big business and it's the investor quadrant. And so an example of that would be if you're a dentist, the dentists and doctors, and by the way, I know some very, very successful doctors, um, most of them are not successful because they're billing out their hourly time. They're successful because they launched a surgery center, because they oversee 10 different practices, because they created you know, a, a medical clinic that has 10 doctors working for them. And so whether they're on vacation or whether they're going to events or whether they're spending their Thursdays and Fridays investing, um, they are still making money from their practice. Most successful doctors that I know, architects, engineers, et cetera, et cetera, most very, very wealthy, and there's a big difference between wealthy and successful. When we look at success, and I'll get into this here in a few minutes, but when we look at success, um, a lot of times we're thinking of the big house and the big cars and, and the wealthy lifestyle. Um, it's not necessarily about all those nice things. You can have those with wealth, but wealth, Robert Kiyosaki said this years ago and it always stuck with me. He defines wealth as the amount of days that you could take off and, and, and still be earning money. And so that's wealth. And so you have to have equity. It's nearly impossible to get wealthy renting out your time. And that's a W-2 employee. That's a high net worth individual or a high earning individual, um, et cetera. So you have to have equity. This is interesting. So there's two definitions to equity. Um, definition number one is the value of shares that are issued by a company. So he owns 62% of the group's equity. And the second definition is of equity is the quality of being fair and impartial. It's interesting the times that we live in right now because there's a big conversation around, you know, increasing the minimum wage and, um, you know, $8 an hour isn't enough to live on, which I'm not here to argue whether that is or isn't, but the reality is the market is going to pay you for what you're worth. And, um, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but the reality is when the government steps in and mandates what's equitable, what's equity, the quality of being fair and impartial. It's funny that there's these two different definitions of equity. I'm not talking about the quality of being fair and impartial when I talk about equity today. You have to have equity in order to get wealthy. What I'm talking about is the value of the shares issued by a company. And what's funny is in this day and age, there's a big percentage, there's a big movement of people and I understand it. You know, I've said this before, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But there's a big group of people that think that equity is the government stepping in and telling business owners and telling the market, et cetera, what is the quality of being fair and impartial, equity of treatment. We all have to be treated fairly. Um, it's not fair. Well, it isn't fair. Nothing's fair. And if you truly want to have wealth, you're not going to do it. You're not going to gain wealth by renting out your time. You're going to gain wealth by getting the value of the shares issued by a company. Um, so a couple things, and I'm reading this book uh, a while back that's just amazing. And he says in there, uh, in this book, that we need to seek wealth, not money or status. 
Um, and wealth is having assets that earn money while you're on vacation. That's my paraphrase. Wealth is like, you know, Robert Kiyosaki said, it's the amount of days that you can take off. We need to be focused more on wealth than what we're making. We need to seek wealth, not money or status. Money is a store of value. We spend a lot of time talking about this, but it's an energy exchange. Um, money is how we transfer time and wealth. I will give you 40 hours for a salary of $1,500 a week. So we literally place value, energy, money on our time. We're trading, we're renting our time. We don't think about this. Like we think about renting cars, we think about renting houses. Um, you know, so many people wanna get into real estate, which is, you know, why the, the value of real estate's been driven up. I'm not here to get into that either. You can go back and listen to plenty of episodes about that. But the reality is there's so many people that wanna get into real estate because they're realizing that they can rent their building, their house, their apartment, their duplex, their mobile home park, whatever. They can rent that, they can exchange that for money and they're not having to exchange their time for money. People are frustrated and this is why there's the big conversation around equity being the quality of being fair and impartial. This is why this conversation is happening because people are frustrated, we've lost hope, we don't know how to get past trading our time for money. But I'm telling you, it doesn't matter how many mandates the government puts on your minimum wage, it doesn't matter how many raises that you get, you're never gonna get wealthy exchanging your time for money. Um, so back to this seek wealth, not money or status. We literally need to figure out how to buy assets. This is my core talking points. You've got to figure out how to create streams of income, buy more assets that earn money while you're on vacation, while you're sleeping. Um, you know, if, if God forbid somebody in your family gets sick, as what happened with our son Dylan when, when he was just a baby and we had to take a month off, God forbid that happens to you. But the reality is you need to find yourself in a spot, whether you take time off because you want to or because you have to or because outside forces like COVID, you know, COVID people got laid off left and right. And it's funny because so many people are so excited about the fact that, you know, they don't have to go back to work because the government's paying them, you know, $1,500, $2,000 a month or whatever. What a sad, sad place to be in. And I'm, I'm not here to pick people apart, but the same, at the same time, it's, it's a mindset issue. Um, so here's the third part of that. Status, it's your place in social hierarchy. And what happens is most people seek status and we compensate with the Louis Vuitton bags. And, and there's nothing wrong with any of that. I love nice things. Um, but the reality is when you're placing your Louis Vuitton bag um, above your actual wealth creation, above buying assets. There's nothing wrong with bags. There's nothing wrong with nice cars. There's nothing wrong with nice, nice homes, but you should have assets paying for that stuff. You should not be, you know, getting your $2,000 paycheck and saving for 12 months in order to go finance a, uh, you know, $2,000 bag. Like that's just madness. It just goes to show how much, uh, emphasis we put on status of the social hierarchy. We want to be seen as wealthy. We want to be seen with money. And the reality is it's not the social hierarchy. It's not the status symbol that we want. It's the actual action of having wealth. It's the actual assets that we want. It's the ability to go on vacation and not be stressed the whole time we're there. It's the ability to go on vacation and not think all year long, you know, I'm going to save and save and save 
for this four-day vacation. If you're, if you're frustrated and you're finding yourself in this boat, like this is a mindset issue, you've got to change your way of thinking. It is nearly impossible to get wealthy solely by renting out your time. It's just not going to happen. So here's ways to get equity. And I'm not talking about fair treatment, impartial treatment. Life isn't fair. If you're waiting around for somebody to, uh, you know, come along and be fair or, or, you know, back in the day, the knock on the door for Publishers Clearinghouse, remember like the magazines and the stamps? I remember my grandma going nuts thinking she was going to win like Publishers Clearinghouse and, you know, if one day you're going to get that knock at the door. Can you imagine if every time the Amazon <laughs> delivery guy knocked on the door nowadays, like if this was back in the day, I, I remember my grandma thinking, that she was literally gonna win that. And now Amazon comes and knocks on our door three or four or five times a day. Could you imagine how much turmoil that would create if every single time the doorbell rang, you thought it was Publishers Clearinghouse? We need to change the mindset around that and realize this is not about the quality of being fair and impartial. This is about owning value in the shares that are issued by a company. And that could be an LLC that owns real estate. That could be an LLC that owns businesses. That could be an investment company that you create that invests in other things. We have, multi we have two different private equity companies. One that invests in manufactured housing, which by the way, we own a construction company. We own a property management company that we also get paid to provide the services to those companies that we own, the LLCs that own the mobile home parks. We literally own 35 mobile home park communities in 13 states. I don't spend a lot of time talking about that and I'm gonna spend more time because I want you guys to understand what we've done and how we've done it. I'm just a normal guy. If you go back to our story, like Karen and I started with nothing. Like we came from nothing. We started a business when we were 24 years old. We started investing in real estate. I, I was naive and I was young and I found myself around mentors who told me what to do and I just didn't know any better, so I just did it. I'm telling you, you just need to get moving, you need to get started, and you just need to start doing what successful people do. And what is that? They buy equity, they invest in equity. So here's a couple things. Ways to get equity. Mike, I have a W-2 job. Uh, I like my W-2 job. I make good money, I make $100,000 a year, I make $150,000 a year not ready to quit my job. Guess what? You don't have to. You can keep you can keep your day job, you can keep your W2 job and you can start investing in the side. Notice I said it's nearly impossible to get wealthy solely by renting out your time. I'm not telling you you can't rent out your time. What I am saying is you need to start diversifying. So how how can we do that? Um, you can invest with a young entrepreneur. Everybody knows somebody that you trust that's excited and young. Invest with them. Give them the $50,000 of startup money. But Mike, what if I lose my money? Well, what if you lose it in the bank? Or like, what if you leave it in the bank and, and it gets negative interest rates? We're literally in an environment where inflation is three, four, five, maybe even 6% by some accounts. And the banks are giving you what, 0.001% interest? I mean, at best, you might find a longer term CD that might get you 2%, maybe, hard to find. So. Leaving that money in the bank gets you nothing. Leave it in the stock market. That's scary. Um, I realize that people are making all-time high gains and you know, Robinhood has like opened it up to Main Street and everything else, but there's a lot of risk in that too. I know people that literally put a bunch of money in and a week later they're 300% and, and then all of a sudden they're, they're back to negative of what they started with. So what if you leave it in the stock market? What if you leave it in your 401k? and it plummets. Oh, Mike, 
If I invest, you know, with an entrepreneur, it might take me two or three or five or 10 years to get my money back. This is not a get rich quick game. I'm telling you though, if you put money, if you start investing X amount of money, think about this, start a bank account, put 10% of your income aside, go read the richest man in Babylon, put 10% of your income aside into a bank account and just forget about it. The first couple months might be painful, but pretty soon you're going to have 10,000, 15,000, $20,000 in that account. And you're going to see this opportunity pop up and you're going to be able to invest. And you're going to be like, I'm so glad that I started doing that you know, a year ago or two years ago. What's that old saying? I mean, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago and the second best time is today. Just get started. Well, Mike, if I invest in this business, it might take three, four, five years to turn a profit. I guarantee you, if you just take some, it, you're gonna be better off if you start buying equity in companies. Okay, here's another controversial one. What about social selling or network marketing? Oh, but Mike, like, and I get it. Your gut probably just turned. And by the way, I'm not in network marketing. Um, I don't have time for it personally, but I'll tell you right now, if I was a W-2 high income earning or even low income earning for that matter, if I was a W-2 person, even if I made $15 an hour, I would absolutely 100% find a network marketing company with a product that I believed in and I would go all in on that, period, period. I know, but Mike, the people at the top are the only ones that make money. It's the same in any business. The people at the top are the only ones that are making money. Mike, it takes too long um, you know, to get my downline built. Well, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be that way with anything. You've got to invest time and money and energy to get a return. Mike, it's a ripoff. All this stuff I hear over and I know so many successful people that nailed it in network marketing. And by the way, if you pick the right company, you're going to get a ton of coaching and mentoring just like I did. I paid a lot of money for coaches when I first got started. And like I said, I didn't know any better. I just did exactly what they told me. And guess what? It worked. So in network marketing, if you pick the right company and you pick the right person above you, you're going to get free coaching, free mentoring, and you're going to make money at the same time. Um, this is the last thing that I'm going to say about this, and I'm probably scaring the crap out of you, but maybe you want to pull your 401k. I know this sounds crazy, but our first business, we literally, me and my business partner pulled our 401k. This was like April of 2004. And the way we looked at it, we had like basically 12 months to make enough money to pay the penalties and interest and offset that. And that business grew every single year, double digit growth, profitability. I made more money in, in, a, in a 12 month period than that 401k could have ever cost me. Is it going to work out that way every time? No, but you got to take a risk at some point in time. There's things out there. Um, just uh, shoot me a text if, if you're interested, but there's, there's things out there. Like my buddy, um, Damian Lupo, he, he has a, a company called EQRP and you can literally roll your 401k if you're no longer working for that company and you've got it just in a fidelity or something. You could roll this into an EQRP and, and invest it in businesses, gold, silver, real estate, etc. You could start your own EQRP and just start funding it. Or worst case scenario, and I, I know I'm probably going to get hung up for this, go ahead and you know, shoot me a DM, text me hate mail, whatever. But the reality is, if you've got a good business idea or something you want to invest in, it might be worth taking a loan against your 401k, best case scenario, because you might be paying three, four, 5% interest. And if you make 10 or 15%, who cares? You could have that money back in no time. It might even be worth for the right idea and the right investment, pulling your money out of the stock market, which is at an all time high and could potentially plummet, you know, in the next year or two years. All, all bets are off the table. 
It could keep going up forever too. I just don't know and I don't like being in control of my future. I would rather take the risk of having to pay 20, 30, 40% in penalties and, and, and have my future in my fingertips and start investing in equity than just renting my time. So anyway, I'm gonna leave it at that for now. Um, you can go to you know Instagram, just follow me at the Mike Ayala. Um, there's a text number there. Go ahead and shoot me a text if you you know just wanna chit chat, have any ideas around this, um, happy to do it. Um, the reality is it's impossible, it's nearly impossible to get wealthy solely by renting out your time. So I really encourage you, challenge you to think of ways to start investing in equity. And again, I'm not talking about the quality of being fair and impartial. Um, I'm talking about the value of shares issued by a company. Go out and make some equity. If you found value in this episode and you know someone who's wanting to start or move further along in their journey toward investing for freedom, I would be forever grateful if you would share this show with them and help me get this message out to more listeners. Also, if you enjoy what you've heard, I would appreciate it if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. And until the next episode, cheers to moving further along in your journey of investing for freedom.